Hello and welcome back to Moments of the Heart podcast. This is Doris Horenstein. I am so excited to spend a few moments with you today. Actually, it's going to be closer to a half an hour. And I hope you will gain so much information. I have a very, very special guest and a friend. Her name is Marla Diane. And I met her actually at this amazing conference called the RISE Conference in Portland, Oregon. She's based in California and we've become friends. And I want to tell you a little bit about Marla and she's going to teach us beautiful things about wealth consciousness. Are you ready for that? I hope. Marla is going to inspire us by exploring the condition of your wealth consciousness and how it affects, I should say, our sales conversion. Wealth consciousness means how you are in relationship with money, how you think, feel and act with money and how to and to what degree it will support you in being more confident in sales in business and in your life so are you ready for this because i know i'm ready so hello marla welcome hello thank you so much so happy to be here with you and your listeners thank you so much i'm just feeling blessed that you have entered my life and you already taught me a lot but now i want you to introduce yourself to our listeners and tell your backstory of how you came to be a mentor and a coach for creatives. Okay, great, sure. Uh, and first of all, let me you know emphasize that since your focus and your audience and, and community is about relationships, right? Correct. Is that you know when we met at Rise. I had thought, you know, this will be a really fun kind of collaboration because I am an expert, among other things, about your relationship with money. Mm-hmm. And, and so and, I thought, right, yes, I thought this yes. would be a really great um, you know, piece of content, if you will, and inspiring content for your, for your community. And yeah. you know what? You are right, Marla, because I wrote my book about the four relationships a person should have to live wholeheartedly. The first one with themselves the second one with other people, the third one with the creator or, or the power or nature or that thing which is out of, of, uh, of us, right, that we don't see. And the fourth relationship is the events that happen to our life that makes us who we are. Yeah. And money is definitely an important relationship. And I think it can be sprinkled on, with the first relationship, with the second relationship, and with the fourth relationship. So I'm glad you I'm glad you brought it up. Thank you. Yeah, no, you're welcome. It's it's perfect. I mean, the interesting thing that I have found in the 11 years of, of coaching is that every time I initially bring this up, you know, your relationship with money, and I do this in speaking and so forth, people kind of look at me like relationship with money. It's not a new. It's not a, an easy concept initially for people to grasp because they don't really think of being in relationship with money, hence the power of what I teach. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think you're right. I never thought about it in those terms, but since we met, I've been more aware of my relationship with money and the people around me whom I love and their relationship with money and trying to expand my mind to what does that mean? So I'm so glad for you to be the expert here on this show and Share it with us your backside backstory and and tell me about tell us more about you. Yeah, sure. Okay, terrific. So 
I'm an international success coach and a business strategist for what I call high achieving creative entrepreneurs and professionals, a lot of them women, right? I do have some really terrific men, uh, but a lot of them women. And there are entrepreneurs that are ready to upgrade to the next level of life and business, financially, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. So they're typically, typically, um, you've been in business for a year or two, and they find they're at this like stuck point. They're like, how do I get to the next level? How do I leverage? How do I move to that, you know, higher um, revenues and so forth? And that tends to be one of my ideal um, type of clients that I work with. And I celebrate 11 years um, in business, um, literally helping them become leaders in their own industries and so forth, besides successful and more successful in their business. And I've really lived and worked in creative industries for over 30 years, because my first career outside of college was, and it lasted 20 years, was I was an entertainment publicist because I have a degree in PR journalism, and I ended up you know, monetizing that into this fun, dynamic, exciting career in the entertainment industry here in Los Angeles, uh, where I was a publicist for all different types of celebrities and visual and performing artists. And it was, God, just a blast. Really, really enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of fun. It was. It was a ton of fun. And through that time period, you know, I always loved inspiration. I was going to Tony Robbins seminars. I was going to um, Jack Canfield. It's like I was always drawn to, you know, motivation, human potential, that type of thing. So it does, it's not a surprise that then 20 years later, when I kind of hit the, the, okay, I'm ready for a new career. I was kind of done with PR and really done what I needed to do at that point. And at the same time, this was 2006, um, what happened was everything was innovating from, right, uh, regular PR to social media and everything online. So there was this complete, you know, global change and innovation and disruption of how we communicate. And I realized not only was I tired of what I was doing and wanting a bigger game to, to if you will, to play on or stage to play on that was more meaningful. Also, the world was changing. And so I went, okay, I need to reinvent Marla. I, I took a step back said, all right, universe, <laughs> what am I to do? How do I take this 20 years of experience and all the things I love of filmmaking and PR and motivation and inspiration and, and so forth and entrepreneurship? Because I had also owned my own PR company for 13 of those 20, um, 22 years. So that's when I then um, was introduced to a couple mentors, and this was in 2007 and 2000, wait, yeah, 2007, 2008. And they were business coaches for women entrepreneurs back then when not a lot of people were coaching. Yeah. And they were teaching women entrepreneurs how to turn their expertise into a product, as in a workshop, you know, speaking, coaching, you know, those types of things, information yeah. products. 
You know, Marla, I just realized how we are, again, we share similarities. And you, you know, you've worked 20 years and then you decided you are ready for the next phase of your life. And And that's what happened to me working for 16 years as an education director, feeling that while I loved what I did, there was another stage for me to be. There's another part in my life that I had to explore, another, you know, unknown uh, journey that I had to take. So another connection between you and me. Oh, that's, oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. Yes, it's so important. I'm glad that you shared that because it's, it's mm-hmm. so, so important, everybody, to honor when you get what I call the divine urge. Mm-hmm. It's an, an intuitive message. It's an intuitive feeling that says it's time to evolve. Oh my gosh, that's exactly, Marla, no kidding, that's exactly what happened to me. I remember calling my husband, I was in Israel, February 2018, and I said to him, honey, I think I'm going to leave my job. Yeah. And Bob at the beginning was like, are you sure? Like, what is going to happen? And I said, I don't know, but I know that there is a divine power that is showing me that there is going to be another way, but I need to leave in order for the new way to open itself to me. And July 1st is when I left and things start falling in place in a very much a divine way um, in in this past year and a half. So yeah, yeah, you're absolutely correct. Wow. You know, I am curious about the, if you can explain to us what is really wealth conscience, okay? And what could be the symptoms that, um, that we could... Um, that we can explore that you think that we may need help with. Yeah, sure. So yeah, to finish up the, the last part of that piece with, with what happened. So yes, as I turned my expertise, you know, into then coaching and mentoring entrepreneurs, how to literally turn themselves into a, into a personal brand online and build online communities around it. Because the innovation of, um, PR was, you know, I was building brands for celebrities, personal brands, that is, for celebrities and visual performing artists. Now I was learning and then teaching how to do that for others because nobody knew how to monetize Facebook. Nobody knew how to use these channels. And to me as a publicist, I went, oh, this is another channel to publicize yourself, position yourself, brand yourself in your own way. Yeah. Right rather than be regulated by journalistic standards. Yeah. I was super excited and off I went and 11 years later I'm I'm a business coach and so forth. So to did you, did you, So here's a question. Did you know could you have imagined then like let's say in 2006 what your journey will be until today? Would you have predicted oh, that? Know. Oh my gosh, I had no idea other than <laughs> are you kidding? That's the beauty of it. And that, you see, that's, I think, another lesson I want our listeners to, because I don't know what the next 10 years will be. And 10 years ago, I couldn't imagine that I will be doing this right now with you. No. So, so all of our listeners, don't think that what you do today, where you are today, is going to be an in- indicator to where you're going to be in 10 years from now. That's right. right. So, so that's already a, a beautiful lesson from today. Oh, it's so. No, it, it's everything, you know, it's a big part of what I coach and that is you cannot dictate. Now, yes, of course, have a year plan or at least an idea. In other words, your vision, you need to have a vision 
of at least where you feel you want to be going, let's say in the next year. But that's the beauty of life is when you let go and in my world, partner with universal energy, partner with higher power, partner with that and allow the flow to happen. There's fantastic things that you can you know, witness yourself. There's fantastic things that can show up if you allow it that our brain would never be able to come up with. 100% right, Marla. I am in total support of what you are saying. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I left my job July 1st of 2018, yeah. I did not have a book. I had a manuscript. I did not have a website. Yeah. I did not have a publishing company that agreed to publish my book. I did not know where my my salary or my revenues, as we talked about, right? Salaries when you work for other people, revenues when you work for yourself here. So I did not know where money will come in, but yeah. I was open to the universe. And I thought the universe is going to have my back. And it turned out to be exactly that. Thank you, God. You know, I'm full of gratitude of all of the things that are happening to me. Total gratitude. It's, it's, a, it's a way of being, it's a consciousness that you're explaining. That's how you're able to really live a life you love rather than, and, I, and I'm going to give you a, some labels here that may even help you and your listeners understand. I literally call that living from a, a masterful blend of masculine and feminine energy. Because the masculine is the goals, the structures, the systems, the planning, all of the black and white of life, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas the feminine energy of life, and you can apply this to those of you that are entrepreneurs, it's what I coach my entrepreneurs, is that that masculine is a must in a business. It also is in life, as you're explaining. But the feminine energy is the expansiveness, the creativity, the innovation, the faith, the trust, the um, connection, the collaboration, the vision. Mm -hmm. So it's a very expansive space to be in. And I so as a business owner, living in both of those, using them appropriately, so a masculine mode in your business is the structure, it's the systems, it's the strategies that keep your business moving forward. Whereas the feminine energy of life is and of your business is the vision of your business where you're headed your ideas your um course correction of various things it's the bigger view right beautiful so, and and it's the yin and the yang both yeah. of them are needed both yes. of them are needed it's not like one is better than the other no. or important than the other we need them both you are so right once yeah, again it's a idea. masterful blend and so what you just explained is operating in life the same way Exactly. Because exactly. instead of planning, like, I'm going to plan my life. No, 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 no. Don't mm -hmm. be planning your life. Live mm -hmm. your life. Have mm -hmm. a few, you know, steps ahead of obviously what you want, but allow, right? Mm -hmm. Receive, receive ideas, receive intuition, like you and I did. Yes. We got that divine urge that said, eh, it's time to evolve. Yes. And, you know, when we met each other on the rise, I detected you from the room afar. You were in the, like in one of the rows. I was in front, but I said to myself, I need to talk to Marla. I have no idea oh. what she does. I have no idea. Honestly, that's the God honest truth. I don't oh. know what she does, but I feel like I could get along with her. You know? Oh. Oh, that's really nice. Thank you for sharing that. And that's, and that's
and that's when I was like, okay, I got to approach her. So, you know, with, with a lot of, uh, as we say, chutzpah, with a yeah. lot of courageousness, right? With a lot of forthright, I come over and I said, hi, Marla, I'm Doris. <laughs> yeah, that was so great. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad you did. And then, and then we discovered that we are from the same Jewish tribe, yeah. which adds another layer of familiarity, you know? Yeah. And yeah. you say, oh, and then you tell me your son was in Israel and all that. And he's like, yay, that is so cool. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> so I yeah. want to hear yeah, about so wealth conscious. Yes, yeah. I want to. Right. Okay, yeah. Okay, good. So what I do with my entrepreneurs and my professionals, professionals meaning those that are actually employed by a company, but mostly entrepreneurs, is I literally explore the condition of their wealth consciousness and how it affects their life and how it affects, in this case for an entrepreneur, their sales conversion. Because wealth consciousness means, as you kind of stated earlier, it means how you're in relationship with money, how you think, how you feel, how you act with money, habits, behaviors, mindset, and to what degree it affects your self-worth and your value. Because what goes on behind that is we all carry um, a money story, right? Money beliefs, money rules that were never ours to begin with. They were literally passed down, no fault of anybody's, from generation to generation, and we're unconscious that we're carrying around what we've been imprinted upon by our caregivers, our parents. Whoever's your caregiver, as you were growing up, what was money talked about in your home? How was it handled? How did mom deal with money? How did dad deal with money? Mm -hmm. All of those habits and behaviors had a huge effect on you like anything else, right? Absolutely. We're walking around as adults until someone like a Marla comes along that says, you know, you have a relationship with money that probably needs to be healed. And you, know, you not- are right. You are right. Because I've since I've met you, I've been thinking a lot about money relationship mm-hmm. and with my money relationship, my own story. And, and you are right. I, I think I valued myself financially less than what I should. Yeah. And, you know, growing up, I remember the phrase, money does not grow on trees. And right. People always say that. My parents always say that. That yeah. was, that, I think that was a little of a, a little window, a glimpse into my wealth consciousness mindset. Yes, exactly. That's exactly right. And so when you're able to literally have have somebody kind of stop you in your steps and go, hold on, let's take a look at how were you raised and so forth. So what my specialty in that area is helping people literally recalibrate their wealth consciousness, their money story, and begin a new one that was meant for them in the first place, not the one that was imprinted. And I literally help them create a new money, I call it a money legacy, meaning from that point forward with the recalibration, with the transformation, we're literally creating a new money legacy for you to pass down to your family, your children. Well, that's beautiful, but I'm going to ask you a a little bit of a tough question, okay? Yeah, yeah. So let's say I am, um, you know, I, I'm an entrepreneur, but I'm not making much money. 
or, or maybe I work at a company and I'm not making much money. So how can I change my consciousness, my mindset, yeah. if yeah. I am literally, you know, because other people will say to me, oh, Doris, you're delusional. You're, you know, you live in delusion world. What, what do you mean you are going to change your wealth conscience? You don't yeah. make enough money, you know, right? I'm, I'm giving you this, like, you know, the, the devil's advocate here. What, what, what would you well, say to that? Okay, so that was my next piece here. I mean, one, you need to hire a coach to help you with that expertise because you can't necessarily do it on your own. Mm -hmm. However, what I recommend, which is what I'm going to do with your audience, is one of the most important actions that you can take to help recalibrate and reprogram which is what you're doing mm -hmm. is you're reprogramming your mindset, habits, behaviors through books and experts. And so I'm going to give you five books right now. Okay. You can go read that you can have on your list. You need to start feeding your mind with the right, you know, information to help you expand your wealth consciousness. By the way, wealth consciousness also says that there, you have a belief that we live in an abundant universe, mm. not lack, not fear, not worry, not doubt, distrust, disrespect, judgment around money, because that's what most people have. That's a learned behavior. Mm -hmm. The real truth is that wealth consciousness, and you'll get this from these books I'm about to explain and, and give you a list of, is that we live, and I know you're of the same mindset, right, Maurice, is that we live in an abundant world, everybody. You look around you, right? There is not a lack of anything out in the world. Now, this doesn't say, you know, to save the third world countries and those that are homeless and all that. And I pray and I bless those people. When you're a working individual, which, you know, millions of us are, right? It's yeah. your choice to change your mindset because there's money out there and it's in billions. And there's no reason why you who's a brilliant human being can attract and create the money you desire. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. eating your mindset, here are the books that I recommend. Okay? Yes. Okay. And all the listeners, if you're listening now and you're driving your car, pull aside. But if you don't, that's fine too, because I will write it in the notes of this session. Okay. okay so great. just listen to the books and then I will give you the list on the notes for attached. So okay, tell us Marla. Very good. So yeah, that's, so again, the first step to beginning to change your money story and your habits and so forth. Number one is you're a badass at making money by Jen Sincero. Okay. You're a badass at making money by Jen, J-E-N Sincero, S-I-N-C-E-R-O. It's, she is hysterical. I don't know anyone that doesn't know Jen. Mm -hmm. She's got a, a yes. heck of a brand. It's, it's, you're a badass series yeah. of books and this yes. is one fantastic. She's fun. She's funny. She's, you know, funky and she really takes the Entertaining. Topic. Yeah. yeah okay. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. We have one, that. The next one is the science of getting rich by Wallace Waddles. The science of getting rich by Wallace Waddles. That book is very, it tends to be esoteric, but it has to do with universal intelligence. And in fact, it was that book that inspired Rhonda Byrne, the okay. producer, to create um, The Secret, the movie The Secret, and the uh -huh. book The Secret. 
Oh, yeah. That's okay. the book mm-hmm. that, she got, that her daughter gave her that changed her life and then, you know, the, those of others. Okay. The third one is two books by Gabrielle Bernstein, my favorite, uh, right? Favorite spiritual. Oh my gosh. You familiar with Gabby? Well, can I, okay. I got it. I got to tell you this. So when I went to Israel in February of 2018 and I made the phone call to my husband. So on the way, so the day before I left Portland, my friend, Allison gives me a book and she says, Doris, read this on the plane. And I was like, okay, I grabbed the book. I put it in my backpack Lo and behold, it was the Gabriel Bernstein's book, The Universe Has Your Back. <laughs> I, <love it. laughs> I swear to God, I, I read it all the way on the plane. It's, you know, 20 hours until I get to Israel. And I come to Israel and I call Bob. I land in Israel and I call Bob and I tell him I must leave my job. So, so when you think, yes, it's because of, we can say it's, 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 uh, it's I, we, we bless Gabriel Bernstein because because I read her book, I decided I must leave. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's, I love her. I, I listen to her meditations every day. I'm, I'm reading almost all her books. But the two that I do recommend, yes, definitely the one that you suggested. But the other two, her most recent one, which is called Super Attractor. Mm-hmm. It's also got meditations that go with it too. And May Cause Miracles is the oh, other one. Yeah. Yeah. She does have the whole miracles workshop. I mean, I think her first book was about the miracle. Probably. Yeah. I think it's called something about your ing, you know, know your ing. So Gabby is just uh, an abundance of information and support around, you know, your relationship again with, excuse me, higher power, being able to be more spiritual in that respect, how to manifest how to integrate all that in your life. And so As a matter of fact, you're right. As a matter of fact, she actually, in her book, The Universe Has Your Back, she is talking about how she became known. And she's yeah. talking about the story that I remember now, look at that, a year and a half later, but I remember that she was in an audience and she was listening to a speaker. I forgot the name of the speaker right now, but she was listening to a speaker and she said, one day I'm going to meet him and he's going to know who I am and he's going to come to my stage when I'm going to be on that stage. Yeah. And it, it indeed happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. She's, <laughs> she's a heck of a manifester. Yes. Yes. So very good. So those are the two plus the one you mentioned. And then the last one is The Success Principles by Jack Canfield. Mm-hmm. The Success okay. Principles, uh, it, real quickly, is he, he basically, in, in fact, it's, he just did his 10-year anniversary on, on it. And it's its own brand as well. It's gotten that that successful. He has a chapter on finance and then the rest of it is literally he's gathered experts that he's worked with that he knows of in his field of transformation and he's taken their information and put it into I think it's 30 chapters or something. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a evergreen book. Literally you can use it as a life business you name it book forever. It's wow. really really good and there's one one specific chapter on finance, on your relationship with money. Okay. Absolutely. Perfect, Marla. I am going to start uh, going through these books one by one by one and make notes. Thank you. Thank you. So, so in the time that we have remaining, can you share with us some and teach us maybe great metrics to measure our own mindset with money? 
Yeah, I'd be happy to. Do we have a, a little bit of time for me to explain what are examples of your dance? Yes, yes, absolutely. Yes, please do. Yeah, okay. Because I, I want people to really kind of get a tangible of this. Yes. So a great example of your relationships of money is are these. Are you connected with your numbers on a daily basis? Are you in avoidance? And this is a really common behavior, especially... For women, and that's why I'm very sensitive and compassionate towards women, we have never typically, right, there are exceptions, but typically as a whole, we're not raised to be powerful with money. And what that has to do with is being in relationship with your numbers. And if you're an entrepreneur, and I work with them every day, I coach them every day, they have these sales goals, they have these you know, annual revenue goals, but they're really not in touch with their sales numbers or their P&L or their bank accounts and so forth. And I literally help turn that around so that they're literally in relationship in their way mm -hmm. with their numbers so they don't feel so intimidated. Right? Beautiful. I love that because you know what? I went through this scary part. You know, yep. now I go and I know every single amount in my bank account in my on my visa i am the one Fantastic. who you know, balances and everything but at one. the beginning it is overwhelming you know for people it, so thank you well, because that's important it can be overwhelming because you know ignorance in that case ignorance is not bliss sorry it's <laughs> is that it's it's a it's a behavior it's not the fact that you aren't capable it's a behavior that many many women and my men believe it or not some of my men, they literally are in avoidance. They don't want to look at it because of how it makes them feel. And also, I think women in particular, mm -hmm. um, men have been, you know, in, I'll give you my example in my own household. My husband, who, is, who has a degree in finance, he is the one who in our family finances, he takes care of all of the money issues. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a partner, but I let him drive, the, drive this beautiful car forward. Yeah. But with my business, he has absolutely zero information. He does not know how much money is in, how mu what do I spend money on, what is my balance sheet, uh, nothing. I am the one who's handling it from A to Z. Okay, well, fantastic. <laughs> I'm really glad to hear that about your business, but how much involvement do you have in your, in your partnership as far as your numbers? Oh, oh you know, um, much more than I used to have before. I know everything, but, but maybe it's, I love to let him handle all the, you know, paying of the bills and things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know everything, but yeah. I let him drive, be the driver. But in my own business, I am definitely the driver. I make the choice and the decisions on, on what I spend the money, what do I, you know, be, get paid for, all that stuff. What are my expenses, everything. Absolutely. But if I may, if I may offer this kind of feedback for you is mm -hmm. with your relationship, and I do this with all my clients that are married, right? It always comes up in the coaching, of course, is that it's fine. Of course, allow him to drive the money car. You know, let him do that, but that doesn't mean that you aren't involved. In other words, you need to be just like in business. You two are business partners in your in your marriage. And yes. this is not, you know, it's not okay, and I'm, maybe you do it, but for those of you listening, it's not okay for you not to know what's going on with your money with your husband. 
Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I know everything. I know how much we have in all of the okay. savings that we have, but I let him go to the bank and move the money and do that. You know, I let him do that because I think I, I like doing that, you know, that I, and I guess that's what happens, you know, when you're married for a long time and, and it's a, and it's a trust, it's a marriage of trust and harmony and love and respect and, and support then you know that somebody, one of us will do things more than the other on one, on one aspect and the other one will do something else. And that's, yeah, that's all well and good. And I agree yeah. with that, but that doesn't mean anybody, not just you can't be involved in no, because here's, I want to ex- give you the scenario that has nothing to do with what you just stated, because I'm a big proponent of how you just explained that it's important and so forth. What happened, God forbid, if he goes away, as in gets, you know, dies, are you going to know everything about your financial portfolio? Are you going to literally have to go through probate court to be able to find out what's going on with your money? Oh, you know, you're absolutely right. And I, um, I think the older generation and maybe some people that within our peers, they don't know. And that's kind of really sad. Um, That's sad. And I think we need to empower women with money and make them yes. comfortable so they don't feel that this is a taboo subject. It's not a taboo subject. Exactly. It's the, were, it's the way they were raised to not be powerful with money. You women out there, ladies, if you're not a partner with your husband in your finances and knowing exactly what's going on, whether he's leading the pack or not, if you're not in relationship with your numbers and knowing your savings, knowing where it's going, knowing your portfolios, all of that, mm-hmm. I am highly recommending you find yourself a coach, someone that's going to help you get away from and, and, and re- recalibrate your relationship with money. It's not okay to just say, it's okay. He handles it all and you not knowing. You're right. Absolutely agree. Okay. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Right. So tell us more. And we have a, a couple more minutes to finish up. So yeah. I want to make sure when we get all the best nuggets from you. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's one of the main examples is being in relationship with your numbers. It's also, if you lack boundaries around money, like not charging what you're worth, caving into discount seekers, who want to bring their own money story into the sales process while you're selling, because this is a big piece right here that I spent a lot of time on when I'm coaching and speaking, is that your boundaries, in other words, there's a saying I have in my, in my world, it says, how you do money is how you do everything. And what that means is there's a beautiful catalyst of change, which is what I do, is that the catalyst of change with your money relationship will affect all parts of your life. In other words, a rising ship lifts all ships, right? A rising yeah, absolutely. Ship, a rising tide lifts all ships. So my point is, and I have countless story after story, which we don't have time to go into here, of clients that when they literally healed their relationship around their boundaries with money, especially in the sales uh, scenario, meaning you don't, you don't cave into people to, for discounts. There's also a certain way how to do that. And I coach how to sell and so forth. But when you cave into somebody's requests for a lower rate, number one, they're probably not your ideal client. And number two, 
is they're bringing their money story to the table. And you need to recognize that because your, their, I should say their money story has no jurisdiction over your value and your worth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, so, absolutely right. As you're, as you're talking, I'm thinking about um, the changes that I had the, to make over the last year uh, mm-hmm. with charging for what I offer. And yeah. you're absolutely correct. Yeah. So keep, this is one of those kind of the secrets behind the scenes that I share and I coach on is in that sales process. And this is an example of your daily money relationship is how your right relationship with money affects your sales process. So when you strengthen and you're able to evolve and heal your boundaries around money, not caving in, you know, charging what you're worth, and there's lots of process that goes on to get there along with reading those books mm-hmm. it is that when somebody, if they do ask for, you know, a lower rate, you'll say, that's my rate. That's good for, let's say five days and it goes up. So that's your savings rate. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So you're not allowing somebody else's and, and bless them and their own money story. And I'm not making anybody wrong here but they're bringing their own money rules, their own money story to the table that has nothing to do with your worth and your value. Absolutely. And one, and, and one more closing thought. Tell us, please. One more. The metrics. I want to do the metrics. Metrics. Okay. Yes. All right. I know. Such a I know. Topic. I know. I know. Well, we can keep on. We can keep on going, and maybe one day I'll invite you again for another okay. podcast. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Good. Well, the, you know the metric, and we kind of alluded to this early on. I mean, the main metric about your mindset with money is, you know, when in grade school and high school did you ever take a class on money management? None. Right? Without official training in our early years, people are left behind to be influenced and imprinted by parents and society and news and friends and media to formulate their own ideas about money. Mm-hmm. So it's, again, it's what did you hear about money growing up? What did your parents say when you, when you asked for money? You know, I must tell you, my son, who is 16 years old, he's a junior in high school, yeah. and they, he's taking a finance class, and he's actually playing the stock market. I mean, it's the it's a pretend stock market, but you know, with not real money, but it is the stock market. And he is amazing at what he tells me. He comes home and he talks to me about what shares did he buy and how much money he made and when he's going to invest. And when, and I'm looking at him in awe and admiration that he's doing that at age 16 when I was not exposed to it until in my mid thirties. Yeah. You know, I just think it's fabulous. Yeah, fantastic. Because fantastic. he's getting he's getting a different wealth conscious story than yes. definitely what I got when I was young. We, we did, typically we're not like I said we're not taught how to be powerful with money, mm-hmm. and it's not taught. It should be. It's not taught in schools. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, right? I, yeah. Not my taught. son, my son is. I mean, his school is is they're doing that, and that makes me extremely what, happy. What 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 age group is that? He's a junior in high school. <clears throat> wow, that's mm-hmm. pretty darn good. In high school, they're teaching this. Yes, yes, yes. He's 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 the 
putting shares in the stock market and he tells me, you know, he bought it for this amount, he's going to sell it for this amount. And he, at some point he was number 17 in the class and now oh he was gosh. number third in the class. And then he, he decided to sell it when it was high so he can buy something else that was low. <laughs> yes. I was how wonderful. I, I was super impressed. Super oh, impressed. nice. That, that makes me feel good to know that at least there are some schools teaching us. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Very, very good on that. So, yeah, I mean, the, to la lastly about the met metric to measure, I mean, you know, it's told in the cliches, the old cliches that are out there about money that you already brought up about what your parents said. You know, money, money doesn't grow on trees, right? The love of money is the root of, right? Feeling All evils, right. The rich get richer and the poor get more and save yes. for a rainy day and it takes money to make money and money can't buy happiness. All of that is a bunch of BS. <laughs> it's like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Say it. Say it like it is, Marla. Say it like come it is. On, everybody, that's just a bunch of BS. That's that's just a collective consciousness that has caused all of us to have challenges with money. Yeah. So, all right. Well, <laughs> you know, I I love your straightforwardness. And thank you, thank you, Marla, for being yes, here with us. Absolutely, absolutely. I'd love to be able to give your audience something that they can. Uh, yes, what can our listeners receive from you? Please share. You have a gift. I'm so excited. This is the first, <laughs> the first um, guest that I have that is bringing a gift along. So please share. Oh, nice. Okay, good. Well, absolutely. I, I'm here to help people. Goodness sakes. So yes, it's it's simple. It's a giveaway. It's a, it's literally a handout. It's a, a two-sided handout in the PDF file. It's called Five Practical Steps to Get You Started on the Path to Higher Earning Power and a Money Breakthrough Checklist, right? Mm -hmm. so all you have to do, everybody, is on your phone, text the word INNOVATE, I-N-N-O-V-A-T-E, INNOVATE, to 668 Six six, okay. So six six eight six six on your phone. Type in the word innovate, and you will then get a link to take you to a form to fill in your first name, last name, and email, and then you will automatically get sent to you the handout. Wow! Simple one two three. Okay, my listeners, I hope that you can do that and get a freebie from my friend Marla Diane. Marla, thank you so much for joining us. And for you, the, re the listeners, wherever you are, I hope you're going to have a fabulous day. Make it the best day ever. And I hope that you will think about your relationship with money after this conversation in a whole new light. Thank you, everybody. See you next time. This is Doris Horenstein, Moments of the Heart podcast. You can find me on all platforms, as well as my Facebook page, Moments of the Heart, and my website, dorishorenstein.com. Thank you, everybody.